0: Come on. How we doing, guys? You doing good? Hey, we just wanna say as a church staff, we love you guys. We miss you, wherever you're watching this from. Man, we cannot wait for the day where we get to be together worshiping, declaring God's faithfulness and his goodness together in the same room. Anybody with me at Red Rock staff? We're excited to see you guys. I wanna say a special welcome to our men and our women at our God Behind Bars campuses. We wanna say what's up to the Lakewood, Littleton, Arvada, Park Meadows, Austin, Texas. We're so glad to see you guys and at homes around the world. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Red Rocks Church. Y'all can be seated. If you're standing in your house, what up? You can be seated also. We're continuing on in part two of this series that we're calling Follow me, follow me. Did anybody benefit from last week's message? Pastor Sean, amazing. Thank God I said yes. We took a look at the life of some of the disciples and we cataloged some of the the patriarchs of our faith. Really, our lives and our faith wouldn't be the same if it weren't for some people that said yes. And some of the greatest blessing that will happen in your life, some of the greatest ways that God will use you are on the other side of your yes. So I don't know what you got going on in your life. I don't know what you need to say yes to or say yes about, but I want to encourage you to take that step of faith. Your life will never be the same, and the blessing of God oftentimes hinges on our willingness to say yes, no matter how daunting the task and future might look. I don't know about you, though, last weekend, as I was listening to that message, my heart was full of a lot of different gratitude, a lot of different emotions and feelings, and one in particular, I felt some gratitude for, let's put this picture up, for this guy right here. Anybody grateful for our senior pastor, Sean? You know, one of the things that I loved about his message last weekend is that it so culminates who Sean is as a leader, um, as a pastor over our staff, as a pastor over our cities and our church congregations. Um, Pastor Sean, grateful that you said yes. Um, About 10 years ago in this campus, the Littleton campus over there in that section, I walked in here for the very first time and God radically transformed my life. And that was because you said yes. I'm grateful for you. Pastor Jill, I'm grateful for you. My family's grateful for you that you took a chance on a young kid. And I know that that's the the sentiment of our entire staff. We are grateful for your sacrifice, especially during this season. It's hard to lead. God sees it. And I just wanna say thank you on behalf of our entire staff for saying yes, because all the breakthrough, all the blessing, all the lives, all the souls, and all the prodigals that have come forth from your is absolutely amazing. But before I get too sappy, I'm emotional, guys. You guys know that. If you've been coming to church for a while, you know I'm emotional. So let's be honest if we can for a second. The sacrifice was great. The yes was, was burdensome, but can we put that second picture up? Come on, guys, he was desperate. He had no other choice. He had to say yes. Anybody grateful that God can use people with mullets? Can we put our hands together and celebrate that? Let me pray. Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in our church. God, I thank you that as a church family, we're doing things that no other churches have been a part of before. We're we're pioneering new territory and making decisions and blessing and being generous in ways that most people are never able to participate in. So we say thank you for your hand of blessing and favor upon our church family, upon our senior pastors. And God, I pray that as we look to your word today, as we look at what it means to follow you, God, my prayer is that people, no matter how long they've been following you, they would be changed today. I mean that. I pray that you would be changed today. Christ follower of decades long, I pray that you would be changed today. And for the person that's on the fence, on the fringes, doesn't even know if this whole thing is real, my prayer is that God speaks to you today. That's all. God, speak to us through your words. Speak to us through your through your, your Holy Spirit, and God speak to us through a preacher. And everybody at Red Rocks Church said, Amen, amen, amen. I'm uh, gonna continue on in this series that we're calling Follow Me, Follow Me. And I wanna take a look um, at something that I feel like has been um, pretty timely throughout most of my walk with Christ. And how many of you know sometimes following Jesus is a little bit confusing? It can be a little bit challenging. It can be full of sacrifice. And um, just a few weeks ago, um, Pastor Sean and a group of friends, we we all went up to the mountains and we drove some ATVs around up in the mountains. It was a blast. And I remember being in the, the rental shop up there in Keystone, and uh, one of the guys was saying, hey, listen, it's just really dusty out there. You might wanna get some goggles, and he held up all these really old goggles. It looked like they'd been sitting in gym locker rooms. They've probably got E. coli growing on them, probably full of COVID, so I was like, "Uh uh-uh. I don't need those, so I was like, I'm pretty good. He said, you're wearing glasses, so you, you probably will be okay, and I'm like, I'm wearing glasses. He said, I'll be okay. So we unload the ATVs, we go up into the mountains, and I kid you not, two minutes into this ride, it is the dustiest atmosphere I've ever been in in my entire life. It's like the finest powdery dust ever. And since I was the greatest servant and the most humble, I was uh, taking up the trail and taking up the caboose of the pack, and the the dust was was so prevalent. It was on both sides of my glasses. It was getting in my lungs. My my lungs just felt like you ever breathed in dust all day long and you got it all on the inside of your nose. Like I looked in my nose at the end of the day and it looked like those tree branches that get covered in snow. You ever been there? It was disgusting. So I'm looking at there we're driving and uh, there was one part during our ride where the dust got so prevalent. The dust was everywhere. I couldn't see these guys, so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to I'm gonna slow down a little bit. I'm going to give the dust some time to simmer itself down, and I'll follow from a distance. And so I start following these guys from a distance, and then we get to some parts in the trail where it's, it's zigzagging, and we're going through streams. And what I started to notice after a while is I wasn't recognizing any more dust. I couldn't see where the guys were. And on one particular occasion, I came to a fork in the road, and I got stuck with this question, do I go left or do I go right? I can't hear them. I can't see them. I'm not following their trail of dust anymore. And to make matters worse, there's no cell phone service. So I'm stuck there in this situation where I'm like, how on earth am I going to get back to these guys? How am I going to continue following them? I got no service, and I have no idea where they are. And it got to a point where I felt like I was like rolling the dice, figuring out how to follow them. And this week, while I was prepping, I was like, man, that's kind of how I felt for most of my following years of Jesus Christ. I, I've been in these places where I like, I think I'm doing the right thing. I, I think I'm following him. I think I'm pursuing God and trying to be used. I, I think that's I think that's what I'm doing. Have you ever been there? You're like, I think what I'm doing is following him, but I don't really know, and he's not really telling me. I'm not really getting a report card on following Jesus. Well, one of the things that was a saving grace during that time in the ATVs and the trails was these things called trail markers. I got to a place where on one of the trees... There was three numbers, and I knew that that was the trail that I needed to go on. So the trail marker saved me that day. I hung a right, and next thing I knew, I was back in action. And the thing that I want to take a look at this weekend is what I want to call a trail marker of following Jesus, most of the time, some of the things that feel really complex about following Jesus and being obedient and stepping into what he has for us feel so complicated. It feels like rolling the dice or predicting the future, but Jesus makes things very clear, and I want to take a look at a story this week that I believe is going to be a trail marker in your life. Um, it's found in Matthew 11, verse 28, and it's a fairly familiar passage of scripture for many of us, but I want to read this because it's gonna tell something about our lives as it relates to how we follow Jesus and how we know whether or not we're actually following him. Because if you're like me, if I'm really honest, I'm a way better churchgoer than I am a Jesus follower. I'm a way better churchgoer than I am a Jesus follower. It's easy. It's tangible for me to go to church, check the box. It's very difficult and complicated for me to predict and determine whether or not I'm actually following Jesus. And as a result, sometimes following Jesus can feel so unpredictable and exhausting. And look at this lesson from Jesus for people like you and I. Matthew 11, verse 28 says this, come to me, literally, the original translation literally means follow me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you what? Rest. Jesus says, come to me, everybody who's weary and burdened. So the prerequisite to follow Jesus is, are you weary and are you burdened? If so, you get this invitation. He says, follow me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. AKA, if you follow me, you will have rest. You will have peace within. You don't need to turn here. It'll come up on the screens, but in, you can stay in Matthew. But in Luke 1, verse 78, I want to read something. This is kind of the foretelling of Jesus who he was gonna be on our behalf. And in verse 78, it says this, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And watch this, and to guide us to the path of peace. Meaning that the way of Jesus, friends, The way you can know whether or not you are following Jesus is you can ask yourself this question. Am I full of peace right now? Is my heart full of rest right now? I'm not saying is your life easy? Is your life simple? Did you get enough sleep? I'm talking like a soul level deep within you. Can you say I have rest? Friends, this is so profound. This is one of the trail markers of how we know whether or not we're following Jesus. And can I say this? During this time in history, where the most prevalent thing impacting people's lives in America and around the world is anxiety, is stress, is confusion, is exhaustion, is depression. This is what the world is longing to have. It is a sense of rest and a sense of peace, regardless of the circumstances. And Jesus goes, You want to know if you are really following me? Are you full of peace? Are you full of rest? Take a second and think about it for a minute. Would the people in your lives, the people in your family, your closest friends, your kids, hey, would they say that you are full of peace, that your heart just seems to be at rest? Flip your Bible back over to Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Some of you might still be there. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, he provides it for us, rest. But here's where Jesus leans in, and he's, he, this is where everything hinges upon. Look at the next verse. The next verse says something completely illogical and irrational. It says, take my yoke upon you. Some of you are like, he talking Eggs? He's not talking eggs. When Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he's referring to a farming yoke. He's referring to something that farmers would have used during this time to bridle and harness oxen together to work. Some of us go, okay, makes sense, but why on earth would Jesus say, you wanna know the key to rest and to peace? Put on my yoke. Some of us go, Jesus, this is an apparatus for work, not for rest. How on earth do we get more peace and more rest from from an apparatus meant and designed to harness labor? And I was reading a little bit about yokes this week, and one of the things that farmers would do is they would take oftentimes two oxen, and they would bridle them together with a yoke. An ox, when they were bridled properly they were able to pull way more weight than they could individually. And I was reading, I didn't even know that this existed. Sorry for all of you 4-Hers out there, but I didn't know this existed. They actually have ox-pulling competitions. BZ, did you know that? Of course course he knew that. They have ox-pulling competitions. They get these, these huge ox out in the field and they try to pull insurmountable amounts of weight. And I was reading an article about two particular oxen. And these oxen were champion oxen. They could pull upwards of 8,000 pounds apiece. Think about that. 8,000 pounds apiece. But one of the things that they noticed in this study is that when they bridled these oxen together, they weren't just able to do what basic math would tell us, 8,000 and 8,000, probably means they could pull somewhere around 16,000 pounds together. The study actually said that together, when bridled accordingly... They were able to pull 26,000 pounds together, an insurmountable amount more than they were able to do on on their own. And when Jesus says, listen, if you want to have rest, take my yoke. If you want to have rest, take my yoke. Still not necessarily clicking for most of us. Let's continue reading on. In verse 29, it says, Take my yoke upon you and circle this word and learn from me. He says, Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is what? Lights. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus says, listen, if you want to have rest and peace you need to take my yoke upon you. One of the things that farmers would often do is they would use the yoke as an apparatus for learning and instruction. They would take an able-bodied ox, kind of like Conrad, and they would put it next to a younger infant ox and they would bridle them together to work in the fields together. Sorry, Conrad, nothing personal. Um, And they would work in the field together with the hopes that the young immature ox would be able to learn from walking and working all day with this abled body, mature, well-instructed, well-behaved, hard-working ox. They would take the lesser, bridle it with the greater, and use it as a means for learning. And Jesus says, hey guys, for anybody that has ears to hear, if you wanna have rest and you wanna have peace, Take my yoke upon you. Now, I want to create a picture for you. When Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you, he's saying, I want you to come in here. I want you to walk with me and work with me. And along the way, what you're going to realize is taking on my yoke It's gonna be a light burden and an easy burden. What you're gonna learn along the way is that what Jesus' invitation for us is, listen, you are the feebled, bodied oxen. Jesus is going, listen, if you would yoke yourself to me, you'll see that I'll do all the heavy lifting for you. I'll carry all of your burdens, and along the way, you're gonna learn how to walk like me. You're gonna learn how to act like me. You're gonna learn how to obey like me, but bridle yourself to me, and you're gonna learn everything that you need to know about carrying the burdens in your life. I wonder do you have burdens right now? Do you have burdens in your life right now? How are your finances? How's your job? How's your anxiety? How are your kids right now? Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody. How's your life right now? How's your marriage? How's your business? How are things going for you? Do you have burdens in your life? Because what Jesus is trying to say is listen, following me doesn't mean that you're not gonna have burdens. It's not what Jesus is trying to say. What the essence of what Jesus is trying to say is following Jesus doesn't mean you won't have burdens. Following Jesus is about learning which burdens are yours to carry. And Jesus says, listen, if you would bridle yourself to me, you'll watch as I will continue to carry the load Listen, some of you guys have insurmountable burdens right now that maybe I can't even fathom or imagine. Maybe you're considering lifestyle changes or career changes, or maybe you're about to get married. What up, Luke Gregory? Maybe in your life, you're, you're, you're trying to think through do I go left? Do I go right? I lost a trail of dust somewhere, and I don't really know which way I'm going. I got burdens. Jesus goes, you wanna know if you're walking with me? Is your burden easy and is it light? You wanna know whether or not you're supposed to carry a burden? Is it easy and is it light? I'm gonna say that again. You wanna know if whether or not the burden is yours to carry? Ask yourself the question, is this burden easy or is it light? And if it's not easy and light, Jesus goes, man, you gotta bridle yourself to me then and let me do the heavy lifting. But the problem is a lot of us come to church and we give God the, the one day a week. And we give him our spiritual lives and we, we lay down our spiritual lives, but then we go back into the regular 99% of our lives to our jobs and our workplaces, our kids, our relationships. And then we, we put everything back onto our own backs. We carry our own burdens once again. And Jesus is going, listen, if you want to walk with me, you don't choose when you put on the bridle. You don't choose when you put on the yoke. You will walk with me. You will work with me. And the Bible says when you do that, that is when you will discover the easy burden and the light burden. If you're wondering, am I following Jesus? I want to ask you this question. Does it feel like you're carrying the load alone? If so, can I submit a better way to live? Can I submit to you that the world is craving for a better way to live? The world is craving for a way to get their burdens off of themselves, to just forget about it, to numb themselves from the pressure for a moment, to chase fleeting pleasures for a moment so that I can forget about the burden that's on my back. And Jesus is going, you were never meant to carry these burdens. This isn't in my notes, but I feel compelled to say it. In the book of Genesis, when the fall happened, for those of you that are unfamiliar, this is the moment where where, where man became broken and disconnected from God. The curse of Adam, the Bible says, was that he would have to work by the sweat of his brow. I used to read that and go, man, that means he's going to have to work really hard, and it's going to be hot and humid. I grew up in Indiana, and so I know hot and humid, and he's going to have to be out in the garden pulling weeds. And I used to think that that's what that verse meant. But when you look in its original context, what it's referring to is Adam was going to work in anxiety, He was gonna live under stress, the sweat of his brow. He was gonna not know what to do or where to go because for that first moment in history, man was gonna be separated from God. No longer did God do the heavy lifting. Now man would have to carry his burdens alone. He'd work by the sweat of his brow. I'm wondering, are you working and laboring in the blessing and the lightness of God or under the burdens of carrying your loads alone. Jesus is going, you wanna know if you're following me. Is it easy? Is it light? Is there peace? Is there rest? Jump over to John six twenty eight. This is an interesting passage, and I want to help us see for a moment practically how we actually add this into our lives. And in John six twenty eight, Jesus <laughs> is surrounded by a group of people that are a lot like us. Like, who wants to be used by God and, and, and be used for his purposes and say yes to the things of God? You're just like these people. And they replied to Jesus in verse 28. It says, we want to perform the works of God, too. Like we want to do cool stuff. We want to be used by God. We want to make an impact in our city and in our families. What should we do? AKA, Jesus, how do we work with you? How do we walk with you? How do we do life like you? And look at Jesus's response in verse 29. Jesus told them, this is the only work Circle that in your Bibles. Highlight that. Write that on your forehead, on your leg. Just get this in your heart. Jesus told them, this is the what work? Only work God wants from you. Listen to this, Red Rocks Church, because this is where everything hinges. You want to put on his yoke. You want to walk with him. He says, believe in the one he has sent. This is a huge statement. He says, you, you want to know the only work God is requiring from you. Believe in the one he sent, which is Jesus Christ. Now I want you to to hear this because the way that we put on the yoke, the way that we walk with Jesus Christ is is not some physical thing that we're going to do. It's not reading another book. It's not listening to another podcast. It will hinge upon your ability to believe the right thing. It is belief that bridles us and connects us to the heart of Jesus Christ. When he talks about, listen, I want you to believe in the one whom he sent. He's talking about a word that's really familiar to us. He says, I want you to trust. This word trust is really interesting. It means to be at rest in the integrity of another. You got a good friend, that friend that you can ask to help you in a bind and you know they're going to show up, that friend that you know is going to call you to the table, hold you accountable even though he doesn't really want to, do you have one of those friends? That's where trust is born, it's when you can trust in the integrity of the next person, You're able to trust them. And Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to believe or I want you to trust. I want you to rest in my integrity, aka I am who I say I am. I will do what I say I will do. I will be there when I say I will be there. What Jesus is trying to show us, friends, is can you just hang out and walk with me? Can you trust in my integrity of who I am? Can you just sit for a moment and work with me and walk with me? Can you rest in who I say I am? One of the things that I love about the Old Testament is it's full of all of these Christ followers, these God followers, the people of God. They they began to see the faithfulness of God over generation after generation after generation, watching the handiwork and the faithfulness of God. They're going, he's he's faithful. He said he was going to do it and he did it. He said he wasn't going to leave us and he stayed close. And over the generations, they began to attribute names to God based upon his character, based upon his integrity that gave him terms that they could rest in. Friends, can I tell you, when we bridle ourselves to Jesus, we're connecting ourselves to terms about God that we can trust in no matter what situation you go through. Listen, when they were full of anxiety, they cried out to God over the years as Jehovah Shalom, which means that the Lord is peace. Over generations, after fighting sickness, they began to see God as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. After generations of feeling left and unseen, they began to see God as El Ra, the God who seest me. So many people were worried about provision and their daily bread and where their meals were going to come from, how they would provide for their people. But generation after generation began to know the Lord as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. So many people were worried about their futures and their jobs and what happens next. And after generation, after generation, after generation, they saw him as El Emunah, which means the faithful God. After being worried and feeling alone, they began to see God as Emmanuel, the God who is with us. So many people who are worried about their situations right now, surely God can't be with me. You don't know what I've been through. Generation after generation after generation saw the Lord as Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there. Friends, this is not just a history book. This is generation after generation after generation of people pointing to a God who had integrity at the core of who he was. And now generation after generation after generation are pointing to a Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the I am, he is the who he was, and he is the who I will be. God will not change for you. So here's what this looks like. I just want to make this really practical as I close. Here's what this looks like for me. I don't know about you, but I got burdens. I got things I'm confused about. I got things that just tick me off. I got things that hurt me. I got things that have been plaguing me for a long time, things I wish I'd be done struggling with. And can I tell you how I put my yoke back on? As I struggle, usually for me, I go on a walk and I, I just go, God, forgive me. God, I know my finances don't look the way that I want them to. But I know 1 Peter 5 7 says that I need to cast all my cares upon you because you care for me. So, God, right now I'm burdened by my lack, my poor stewardship. And I look to you as my provider. Would you carry this burden? Because it's so heavy, God. I don't know how to be a good dad. I'm struggling right now. My anger flared up, and I don't know how to manage the struggles of being a pastor and a husband and a dad and a friend. So, God, I just give you these burdens. And what I do is, I'm at walks. I just give God these anxieties and I just confess them and I just go, God, I'm not meant to carry these. It's too much. God, it's too much. It's not easy and it's not life. So that means you were meant to carry this. I'm unsure about my future, God. So I just give that to you. I'm unsure about my relationships and how to allocate my time. I'm unsure about this sickness that I'm facing. Whatever the situation is in your life, can I just tell you, cast your cares upon him, work with him, bridle yourself to him and realize that at the end of the day, he'll do all the heavy lifting for you in the first place. He'll steer you and he'll guide you. He's not expecting you to be more than you are right now. He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what he was getting when he called you. So I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but you've been trying to carry a heavy burden, a burden for your future, a burden to provide, a burden to belong, a burden to carry your shame, your condemnation, a burden to get well, a burden to fit in, a burden to be somebody you know that you're supposed to be. Whatever the burden is that you're carrying right now, can I just tell you, can you take up a different yoke? Do you have peace? Do you have rest? If your burden isn't easy and light, can you let him carry it? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna pray for us in this moment. Jesus, God, there's some people that are going through some stuff right now. They're carrying some huge burdens and they feel like they're never going to get out. And God, so many ways, giving you our worries and casting it upon you, trusting you for the fulfillment. It just feels illogical. But God, we know that the life that you're calling us to is a life of faith. It will be illogical at times. And God, we don't just want a God that makes logical sense. We don't wanna follow somebody that we can comprehend and we can identify with fully, God. We want a God that does exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or imagine. We want a supernatural God. So God, in order to have a supernatural God, we gotta do some illogical work. And so today, God, as we go into a time of worship, God, I just pray that out loud, people would begin to confess and to hand over the burdens that they're carrying, the burdens about being fearful for their children, the burdens of trying to be a good dad when you didn't have that represented for you, the burden of being a business owner and having families depend on your work and depend on your success, trying to battle addictions right now. God, I just pray break chains, Jesus, when people try to stop managing their addictions and they hand them over to you. God, carry the load. God, for people that are sick right now and dying, would you carry the load? For marriages that are struggling, carry the load. God, I just pray right now, would you begin to do the heavy lifting? God, if the burden isn't easy and it isn't light, God, we don't want it. And God, I just wanna pray for every single person who has never put their faith, their hope, and their trust. God, the ultimate burden which we were unable to carry is the burden to live eternally, is the burden to live sinlessly, is the burden to be like you. God, that was a burden that was too big a burden too large. But Jesus Christ, you came a little over 2,000 years ago and you carried upon us the iniquities of the world and you removed our sin as far as the East is from the West. And whoever I'm praying for right now who has never placed their hope and their trust in Jesus Christ, can I just encourage you, Jesus knows exactly what you've done on your worst day. He loved you as great as on your best day. He wants to remove your sin, your shame, the condemnation you've been living within. He wants to free you from some addictions. He wants to restore you to some broken relationships. He wants to change and make all things new in your life. And the Bible says all that you need to do is believe that He can do it. Believe that He's Lord and that He died for you to do what you could not do on your own. If you wanna be reconciled back to God, He says all you have to do is believe in my son, Jesus. So in this moment, if that's you, if you're watching on one of our online campuses, you can just click the raised hand button. Maybe in the privacy of your own home, you can raise your hand or you can just confess out loud, Jesus, would you be my Lord and would you forgive me of my sins? Amen. Come on, at houses across the world and at Red Rocks Church Littleton campus, can we just celebrate those that just made that decision for the first time? Red Rocks Church, we're gonna dive in and worship, but I wanna encourage you, take a moment right now, throughout your week, over the months, the weeks and years to come, would you remind your soul that if the burden isn't easy and it isn't light, give it back to God. He can do the heavy lifting. During this next song, would you just take a moment Do what I do on many occasions and just confess out loud, God, I give you the burden to provide. I give you the burden to know which way to go. I give you the burden to blank. You only know your burdens, but if it's not easy and it's light, give it away. I love you guys. Let's stand to our feet across all locations around the world. Let's worship the God that carries our burdens.